Hello and welcome to the good old days of radio show. This is John Tefteller, your host. We are getting pretty darn close to Thanksgiving. In fact, Thanksgiving is on Thursday, and we have a special Thanksgiving show for you on Thursday, which I will talk about at the end of today's show. But today's show is really special to me because it's another episode of the Groucho Marx show, You Bet Your Life. Always fun for me to hear these. I heard them all at one point when doing transfers from the original uh, Masters, but that was at a point in my life that is now about 40 years old, so I haven't heard them since because I've been doing too many other things. But they're great shows, and um, this one was selected by my producer, Daniel, from October 19th, 1949. I don't know anything about it, except I know I heard it 40 years ago, so let's see what it's like now, and I'll have something to say at the end of the program. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, don't tell a soul, but the secret word tonight is clock. C-L-O-C-K. Really? You bet your life! Elgin American, creator of America's most beautiful compacts, smartest cigarette cases, magic action lighters, finest dresser sets, presents Groucho Marx in the Elgin American show, You'll Bet Your Life, the comedy quiz series produced and transcribed from Hollywood. And here's that sterling Elgin American, the one, the only... Groucho! Face is familiar, but I don't place the name. <laughs> oh, that's me, Groucho Marx! Thank you. Well, here I am again with $2,000 for one of our couples tonight. George Fenneman, who's first to try and take it away from me? Just before we went on the air, we asked if there were any youngsters present who'd like to get married someday if they found the right partner. And our studio audience selected Valerie Cote and Mike Maloof. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Welcome for Elgin American Compacts. And if you say the secret word at any time we're talking, I'll pay $100 in cash instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. Uh, Valerie uh, Cote, is that the way you That's pronounce right. It? Where are you from, Valerie? I'm a native. Native of what? California. Of California, huh? And uh, Mike? Mike Maloof? Yes, sir. Where's your hometown, Mike? I'm a native also. Oh. What a coincidence, huh? <laughs> You're both in the same train. Hmm? <laughs> how old are you, Mike? I'm 25. And uh, how old are you, Valerie? 19. Tell me, uh, why would you like to get married? Home, children, security. Mm -hmm. You can get that at the bank, you know. <laughs> and, uh, Mike, why would you like to get married? Well, sir, I have no particular reason. <laughs> well, don't start thinking of any reasons or you'll change your mind. <laughs> By the way, what sort of work do you do, Mike? Well, I'm the chief usher at the Paramount Hollywood Theater. Oh, West Point graduate, huh? <laughs> Well, hush my mouth. Say, if you two are married, uh, you could set up housekeeping in the lobby. Huh? <laughs> you could live on popcorn. <laughs> That's in case you want to butter him up. You, know? <laughs> you understand. Where do you, where do you work, Valerie? I'm a fountain girl. Would you give me that again, please? I'm a fountain girl. You're a fountain girl? <laughs> what park do you spout in? Uh... <laughs> I don't spout. You don't spout? No, I work at Chapman Soda Fountain. Oh, I see. What do you do at your soda fountain? 
Make Cokes, sodas, shakes. And shakes? Shakes. Would you mind shaking for me now? <laughs> Mike, let's get back to you. You're still here, I presume. Yes, sir, eh? I am. Well, you'll have to wait. There aren't any seats. <laughs> As an usher, just, just what do you do, uh, Mike? Well, sir, I'm in charge of all the ushers. I schedule their days off and make sure that everything runs smoothly when people come into the theater. Well, what are some of the complaints you have against movie customers, Mike? One of our biggest annoyances would be uh, people in the balcony, young kids shooting water all over the audience on the main floor <laughs> with little water pistols. They're awful hard to find. Yeah, they're hard to find? They're you mean the pistols them. are hard to find? Yes, they're hiding in their coats when we come to look for them. Uh-huh. Well, you must spend some very interesting moments, huh? <laughs> Looking for concealed water pistols in the balcony. <laughs> Do you ever send five people into a row where there's only three seats? Well, that happens occasionally. Mm -hmm. And what happens then? Well, they come out the other end. <laughs> well, you're a charming couple, and we want you to have, each have a gift from our sponsor. For Miss Valerie Cote, Elgin American's exclusive heart-shaped compact that's entirely different. It's jeweler's bronze that looks like gold. Mm. And it goes with my outfit, too. Well, good. Well, Mike will go with your outfit, too. <laughs> And for Mike Maloof, Elgin American's popular cigarette case with today's smart leather-like look, something to show off, Mike. Thank you very much. It's lovely. Mike, are you interested in any particular girl? No, I'm not. Are you interested in a girl if she's particular? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, I'm no special girl at the moment. Some usher. He doesn't even have a lady in the balcony. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the favorite dish you make at your fountain, Valerie? It's the ice cream banquet. The ice cream banquet? Mm-hmm. We have a... Uh, how do you make it? Uh, we have a scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla, scoop of strawberry, scoop of coffee, scoop of peach, scoop of banana nut, scoop of lemon stick, fresh peaches, pineapples, strawberries, raspberries, marshmallow, cold fudge, real whipped cream, pecans, almonds, walnuts, and a cherry. And how much extra is the stomach pump? <laughs> Well, are you fond of soda fountain specials, Mike? Yes, sir, I am. I'm not talking about Valerie here, you know. <laughs> Although she's not a bad dish. I'm, would, you, would you like to go to a movie with him, Valerie? Oh, I think so. And Mike, would you like to hold hands with a girl like in your theater? Yes, sir. <laughs> You'd like to hold hands with a girl in your theater? Very romantic picture. You holding hands with a girl as you run up and down the aisle. <laughs> Valerie, you better have very long arms. <laughs> Now answer yes or no. Will you take this girl to your movie? Yes, sir. Then I now pronounce you double features. <laughs> and may you have many selected short subjects. <laughs> well, I hope we started something between you two here tonight. And if anything besides a double marshmallow Sunday develops, be sure to let us know. <laughs> now, in just one minute, you're going to work together for $2,000. Right now, pay attention to this. Marie Gibson, what exquisite pearls. Been robbing a bank? <laughs> Only my piggy bank. These are Elgin American pearls, and very reasonable. Well, of course, everything Elgin American is so beautiful, whatever you pay. You said it. Everything with the Elgin American name is the very finest quality, fashion, and value. That's why Elgin American's new simulated pearls couldn't be just ordinary pearls. They had to be supreme, and they are. Rare in quality, rich in opalescence, beautifully matched, distinctively clasped. Perfect with your loveliest clothes and accessories. Yet these glorious Elgin American pearls cost just $2.20 plus tax. You've never known such values. 
Buy these pearl beauties tomorrow for your own adornment for gorgeous gifts handsomely packaged. They're the simulated pearls of all time, Elgin American pearls. <laughs> Now then, let's see if you two will get a chance at the $2,000 question. You're going to play your bet your life. Fenneman, bring them up to date on the rules. Each of our three couples has $20. They bet as much of that $20 as they want on each of four questions. The couple that earns the most money gets a chance at the $2,000 question at the end of the show. Our other two couples are in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know what's happening out here. Here we go. Let's see how high you can build your $20. What question category did you select? Movie Gee. star. Married names of movie stars. Yes. Is that right? All right, here's your first question. How much will you bet? You've got $20. Ten. Ten? Shirley Agar is her married name. What is her screen name? Temple. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple is right. <laughs> and they're off to a great start, Groucho. They have $30. How much of your $30 will you bet? Fifteen. Fifteen? What is Esther Gage's screen name? Esther Williams. Esther Williams is correct. They're on their way. They have $45. Here's your third question. How much of the 45 are you going to risk? 20. 20? What is Betty Briskin's screen name? Betty Hutton. Betty Hutton. These fellas too smart. They're really on their way. They have $65. No wonder he's a general in that movie theater now. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 65 are you going to try? 50. 50. Okay. What is Jane Waterfield's screen name? Jane Russell. Jane Russell is on the nose. And they wind up with a grand total of $115. Thanks and good luck from Elgin American Compacts. Don't run off now. You still have a chance at the big question. Who's next, George? A married man selected from our studio audience and as his partner, a mind reader. They've been off stage, so they don't know the secret word is clock. The gentleman is Mr. Bob Lampert, and the mind reader, Mrs. Roberta Vincent. And here they are. Folks, meet Groucho Marx. Welcome to the Elgin American program. And if you say the secret word at any time we're talking... Wait a minute, a mind reader. She probably knows what the secret word is already. <laughs> Having a secret word with a mind reader is like carrying coals to John L. Lewis. <laughs> Roberta, let's make it fair. If your partner says the secret word, I'll pay $100 instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. And you're the partner, Bob uh, Lampert. Huh? You're a mind reader, eh, uh, That's Roberta? That's right. I'm, I'm surprised you're still speaking to me, then. <laughs> where, where are you from, Roberta? Originally from Kansas City, Missouri. And Mr. Bob Lampert, huh? Lampert? That's right. Where are you from? Santa Ana. What sort of work do you do? I'm in the sporting goods business. What kind of sporting goods? Oh, rackets, fishing tackle. Rackets? Tennis rackets. <laughs> How long have you been in the racket racket, huh? Oh, about five years. Mm -hmm. How'd you meet your wife, Bob? Well, I uh, met her in her sleep. What do you mean you uh, met her in your sleep? She was going to school at the time up at San Jose State. And it uh, seems as though she overworks or crams or anything while she's a sleepwalker. Well, this night I happened to be walking down the street and I saw this job in the... Uh, Pink pajamas. <laughs> you saw this job, did you say? No. That was before I was married to her. And did you apply for a job? <laughs> well, later on, I did. So, what happened? There she was, and uh, it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, I guess. Hey, you 
you said clock, and that's the secret word. That means you've just won yourself $100. There it is. Congratulations. Now, where were we when that clock struck, huh? <laughs> we were at two at the mor- in the morning. That's right. You were on the main street, and you were chasing a girl in her pajamas. <laughs> so what happened? I went up, woke her up, and uh, took her back to the house, and uh, we got acquainted, and I kept coming back. Like a song? Uh- <laughs> Roberta, do you have any little profits at home? I have two of them. What does your husband do, Roberta? Well, he's the superintendent of Olds Manufacturing Company. Well, uh, how did he feel marrying a mind reader? He didn't realize he was marrying a mind reader. He didn't know it for a year and, well, just about a year after he was married. Now, how did he find out? Well, my bank account was so large and his was so small, he couldn't just figure it out. And uh, do you split the money now? I mean, are you... Well, he uses all mine and all his, so that's the way it works. Uh-huh. That's a nice arrangement, huh? <laughs> he doesn't In addition to your bank account, uh, what does your husband like about you particularly? Oh, I'm a good cook, and I have a very nice disposition. Mm-hmm. You look very amiable. Huh? <laughs> Always cheerful. Huh? Always cheer- very cheerful. Your husband is a very fortunate man. Huh? Not many people that have found a happy medium. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> How, uh, how would you like to be married to a mind reader, Mr. Lampert? Huh? Mm, might as well be. I can't keep a secret from my wife anyway. <laughs> see, uh, how long have you been married, did you say? Seven years. Seven years. And how old is your wife? Twenty-nine. You think your wife wants you to broadcast that little piece of information? <laughs> On CBS, where 99 million people gather every week? <laughs> Hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Roberta, where do you do this mind reading? Well, at the various e-bell clubs and Eastern Stars and schools. Well, I don't go in for mind reading. The keyhole is good enough for me. (laughs) Which do you find the hardest to read, a a woman's mind or a man's? Oh, a man's mind, much harder. Well, why why is that? A woman will believe anything you tell her. (laughs) Not when you stagger in at 3 o'clock in the morning, huh? Now, suppose I took a $20 bill out of my pants pocket. Could you tell me the serial number on it? Yes, I could. Could you also tell me whose pants I was wearing? (laughs) Suppose you run into some schmo whose mind is a complete blank. Uh, What do you do then? (laughs) Well, no person has a completely blank mind. Have you ever been in a nightclub around four in the morning? Mr. Lampert, do you agree with what she said? Uh... Roberta, I rest my case. Well, you make an interesting couple, and we want both of you to have some lovely gifts from our sponsor. Fenneman, would you mind doing the honors? Not at all. For Mrs. Vincent, Elgin American's beautiful dresser set in jeweler's bronze with a look of gold. Did you know you were going to get that, Rebecca? No, I didn't. Fine mind reader, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Funny, I knew it, and I'm not a mind reader. (laughs) And for Mr. Bob Lampert, pearls for your wife. Elgin American's beautiful pearls. They're the finest pearls made by man. I'm sure your wife will enjoy them, Bob. Very nice. Well, now let's play You Bet Your Life for $2,000. Run your $20 into more than our other couples, and you get the chance at the big question later. Now, wait a second. Roberta ought to know all the answers. She'd win on a walk. (laughs) Mr. Lampert, is your wife in the audience? Yes, she is. Uh, Would you ask her to come up here and participate in the quiz? She can be your partner. 
Come on up, Ellen. Ellen, come on up, will you? <laughs> you see, nobody's safe while we're doing this show. How is it you're not in your pajamas, Ellen? Huh? <laughs> Hello, uh, Mrs. Lampert. Welcome for Elgin American Compacts. Do you think you're going to be of much help to your husband? He's going to need help when I get him home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you help him with the answers, and perhaps he'll win enough to buy you a new mink coat. All right, Fenneman's offstage to remind our listeners how much the first couple won. The usher and the soda fountain girl won $115. Here we go. Let's see how high I can build you $20. What question category did you select? Uh, down on the farm. Down on the farm. You're a farm boy, huh? Here's your first question. How much will you bet? You've got $20. Mm, bet 10. 10? What kind of an animal is a Guernsey? It's a cow. They're off with a good start. They have $30. Now, remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of your $30 will you bet? 25. What kind of an animal is a Shire? S-H-I-R-E. It's a goat. No, oh. uh, I'm sorry. It's a horse. <laughs> it's they now a horse. have five dollars. Well, Roger. now you've only got five dollars. Now here's your third question. How much of the five are you going to try? Shoot the five. Shoot the five. All right. What is a Plymouth Rock? A chicken. The chicken is correct. <laughs> They're on their way again. They have ten dollars. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the ten dollars you're going to risk? Shoot the ten. Shoot the ten. <laughs> what kind of an animal is a Holstein? It's a cow. It's a cow is correct. They wind up with $20, Groucho, and on top of that, they said the secret word, so they got an extra $100. Thanks and good luck from Elgin American Compacts. Now, in just one minute, our last couple will play you Bet Your Life, and then we know who gets the $2,000 question. Now, something I especially want you to hear, so listen closely. Got a match, Alice? Not me. Here, use my lighter and be impressed. It's an Elgin American socialite. Hey, I am impressed. It's a beauty. Beauty is right in looks, in operation, in value. Elgin American's amazing new socialites are the handsomest lighters you've ever seen. Exquisitely styled and finished, the most improved pure fire mechanism there is. Magic action that keeps the light going without thumb pressure. Double action catch. It's different, it's new, it's safe. And the beauty of the value. Models for men and women start at just $4.95. Table models from $9.95. They're terrific buys. See them tomorrow for your own sake and for matchless gifts. And see Elgin American's companion line of American beauty lighters, too. For beauty, performance, and value, buy the lighters that beat them all. Elgin American lighters. <laughs> Now then, we'll soon know who's going to earn the most money and get the chance at the $2,000 question. George, who's ahead so far? The usher and the soda fountain girl are leading with $115. Our final couple has been in a waiting room off stage, so they don't know the secret word is clocked. And here they are, a volunteer from the Traveler's Aid Society, Miss Nora Broach, and ship's purser, Glenwood Hines, meet Groucho Marx. Hello, folks, and welcome to your Bet Your Life. If you say the secret word at any time we're talking, I'll pay $100 in cash instantly. It's a common word, something you see every day. Mrs. Uh, Broach? Miss Broach. Miss Broach, uh, that's a good name for a woman on a jewelry show, isn't it? <laughs> Mrs. Uh, I'll call you Nora, huh? All right. <laughs> You're with the Traveler's Aid, eh? Uh, tell me, just where do you travel? I don't travel. Well, where are you from? Uh, Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. 
How'd you get here? I took a train. Pretty smooth article, isn't you? <laughs> it isn't easy swiping a train. You know. <laughs> they leave those telltale tracks all the time. <laughs> I say, uh, Hines, Glenwood Hines, huh? You sound like a summer resort. <laughs> You know, you ask somebody, where have you been? He said, I was up to Glenwood Hines for a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> now, Paisa, what do you do on your ship besides snatch purses? <laughs> oh, I uh, listen to people's complaints and uh, make out the payroll. Tell me something about your, your uh, boat. Well, uh, it isn't a boat, it's a ship. <laughs> Wise guy. <you> know. <laughs> Well, how much do you charge for a bucket of live bait on your ship? Passenger ship. A passenger. Passenger well, ship. How much do you charge for a bucket of live passengers on your ship? <laughs> Just where does your mudscow go? Um, all the romantic far-off places like Singapore, Cairo, Bali, Bali? No, uh, we go to Catalina. <laughs> That's romantic. Catalina, is that the total length of your voyage? From Los Angeles to Catalina? No, uh, uh go to... Where else do you go? Catalina to Los Angeles. <laughs> Man the lifeboats, mate, I struck a rock. <laughs> uh, how big is your ship, uh, Glenwood? Oh, it's about 300 feet long, 52 feet in width. What's her capacity? Oh, it's about uh, 1,950 passengers. Is that fully loaded? Well, the ship, not the passengers. <laughs> You're turning into a joke snatcher. You know? <laughs> I was laying for that joke, too. <laughs> now tell me, Moby Dick, uh, how long did... <laughs> How long uh, this tramp steamer you're on? How long does it take? How long does it take to make your Catalina trip? Which way? Any way but down. Huh? <laughs> How long to Avalon? It takes about uh, two hours and ten minutes. Sir. And uh, coming back? About two hours. Why, why is it faster coming back? Is it downhill? <laughs> no, uh, it's, uh, we take a different route and it's a little shorter. You take a different route? And it's a why, you shorter. get sick of the scenery on the other <laughs> You ever get seasick? No. Has the airplane business uh, hurt the uh, boat business much going no, on? I don't know. Airplane passengers, they get seasick and they come aboard and take the ship ride mm -hmm. and vice versa. I never took the vice versa. Is that coping? <laughs> That's a much smaller boat, isn't it? <laughs> now, what do these what do these people do once they reach Catalina? Well, they usually uh, go up to the famous Bird Park, Seal Rock Colony, and they also take the uh, famous glass bottom boat ride. Glass bottom boat. Glass yeah. bottom boat. Yes, sir. I've heard of boxes with glass jaws, but never with glass. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> why do, why do, why do they have a glass bottom? Well, so they can uh, see the marine life. Well, some of those marines have very interesting lives. <laughs> <laughs> However, I didn't know you could see them through a glass-bottom boat. <laughs> well, let's get back to you, uh, Nora. 
It's good to see you again. Did you have a nice trip? <laughs> I haven't traveled anywhere. <laughs> well, it's done you a lot of good, anyway. <laughs> As a traveler's aid worker, just what do you do? Oh, we help people who come into the station uh, who are lost. We give them information and direction service. Well, what do you get for all this trouble? That's, uh... <laughs> I don't get paid for it. It's volunteer service. And why do you go to all this trouble if you don't get paid for it? <laughs> Hanging around the station. Well, it's very interesting work, and there's a good deal of satisfaction in helping people. Well, that's a wonderful philosophy. Uh, do you have any other job, Nora? Yes, I work at the Los Angeles Credit Managers Association. Well, uh, what are your hours there? Uh, from 8 o'clock in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> If I'd only learned to keep my big mouth shut, huh? <laughs> well, Nora, you just said clock, and that's the secret word tonight, so you just made yourself $100. <laughs> I see the sailor is horning in on it. <laughs> a typical sailor, huh? Well, you make a very interesting couple, and to show you our appreciation, Fenneman has some attractive gifts from our sponsors. Go ahead, George. Gladly, Groucho, for Miss Nora Brooch, pearls. The finest oh. simulated pearls at any price. Elgin American pearls from the island of Mallorca. Oh, they're just beautiful. For our purser, this slim, sleek, sterling silver cigarette case by Elgin American, handsomely hand-engraved. Thanks a lot. <laughs> now you're going to play your bet your life. If you beat our other two couples, you'll get a crack at the $2,000. I can't tell you how much they won, but George is off stage to remind our listeners. The usher and the soda fountain girl are still ahead with $115. Let's see how high you can build your $20. What question category did you select? Capitals of the world. Mm. Capital cities of the world. Here's yes. your first question. How much would you bet? $10. $10. What is the capital city of Spain? Madrid. Madrid is correct. <laughs> We're off to a good start. They have $30. Remember, you're going for $2,000 tonight. How much of your $30 will you try? $15. 15 What is the capital city of Iraq? I-R-A-Q. Iraq. Take a stab. I'm sorry, it's Baghdad. That was a tough one. They now have $15. All right, you've got $15. Here's your third question. How much of the 15 will you try? Ten. Ten. What is the capital city of the Republic of Israel? Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv is right. Yeah. Well, they're on their way again. They have $25. All right, you've got $25. Here's your last chance to beat the other couples. How much of the 25 are you going to risk? 20. 20. What is the capital city of Greece? Athens. Athens is right. And they wound up with $45, Groucho. And on top of that, they said the secret word, so they got an extra $100. And that means the usher and the soda fountain girl with $115 get the chance at the $2,000 question. The name Elgin American means the very finest quality, designing, finish, and craftsmanship. The best value. In exquisite compacts, gorgeous simulated pearls, magnificent dresser sets, magic action lighters, wondrous lighter cases, distinguished cigarette cases, handsome military sets, fascinating musical humidors. Your favorite store has a complete assortment of the newest Elgin American styles right now. See them. And for your own proud use, for thrilling prestige gifts, always buy Elgin American.
And here's the winning couple, Groucho, the usher and the soda fountain girl. Well, back again to try for $2,000, eh? Good luck, and I'll give you 15 seconds to decide on a single answer between you, so talk it over thoroughly and no help in the audience, please. Here it is. The East and the West were finally linked together when a golden spike was driven at Promontory Point, completing the first transcontinental railroad. In what state is Promontory Point? Mr. Maloof, what is the answer you two have decided upon? Wyoming. Oh, I, I'm sorry. The correct answer is Utah. Oh! So that means the big question next week will be worth $2,500. But for beating our other couples, Groucho, they each receive the amazing new Apollo 16-millimeter movie projector to show Hollywood sound movies and the moving pictures you take yourself. And in addition, you receive those lovely gifts from Elgin American, and you won $115. That makes it a very profitable evening all around. Congratulations, and thanks to both of you. <laughs> Thank The Elgin American Show, You Bet Your Life, is a John Goodell production. Transcribed from Hollywood, directed by Bob Dwan and Bernie Smith. Music by Jerry Fielding. Remember, next week's Big Question pays $2,500. Be sure to tune in again next Wednesday night at this time for You Bet Your Life. Starring Groucho Marx. Presented by the creators of America's most beautiful compact, smartest cigarette cases, and finest dresser sets, Elgin American. You know, all of us can't be at the Union Station to help travelers in distress, and all of us can't help children at day niceries. Those things and thousands of other services are done for us by the community chess. That's why your red feather pledge this year should be large enough to cover all these needed services. Good night, folks. Have you looked at your compact lately? <laughs> Well, there we go. Uh, you Bet Your Life from October 19th, 1949. This is early on in the run. This is before they were sponsored by DeSoto Plymouth and the DeSoto Plymouth car dealers, Elgin American Compacts, which I don't even know if Elgin American Compacts are still around. Um, they also had no, um, no duck. When, it, when the show went to television in the fall of 1950, just one year after this broadcast, they had the idea to have a duck come down when the secret word was said, and the duck would have the $100 bill in its bill, and Groucho would pull it out and hand it to the person who had said the secret word. But there's no duck here, just an alarm clock went off, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, I've told a lot of Groucho stories over the years and on this podcast, but I don't think I've ever told any George Fenneman stories, so I'm going to give you a couple George Fenneman stories. George Fenneman was also a friend of mine. I, I would see him quite frequently at Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters and Spurdvac meetings and Groucho's house because he and Groucho remained friends 
until Groucho passed away, and George Fenneman was always a welcome house guest for lunch or dinner at Groucho's, and he showed up there on many occasions. George Fenneman first met, and I don't know if he actually met them, but the first exposure he had to the Marx Brothers was in 1936, when he was growing up in the San Francisco area, and he decided to go to a stage version of the Marx Brothers live on stage, doing their tryout scenes for the film A Day at the Races. What they would do is they would take comedy scenes that were being written for the film, along with some musical numbers, and they would take them on the road, like on a, like a vaudeville-type circuit, and play different theaters in different cities, and test out the material, see what got laughs and what didn't. And uh, Maury Riskind, who was uh, the, one of the writers on that film, would travel with them and would sit in the audience. And when a, when a line got a big laugh, they would leave it in. When it didn't, he'd try to write something different. And they just experimented to make the scenes the best they could be when they got down to finally shooting them at MGM. So George Fenneman attended one of these uh, afternoon matinees of the road tour for a day at the races. I can't remember. I know I asked him whether he met the Marxes at that time, and I can't remember the answer. But in any case, it was exactly 10 years later when he got signed up to be the announcer on You Bet Your Life, and he was united or reunited with Groucho, and they became fast friends. You couldn't really tell from this broadcast, but in a number of the broadcasts, there's a lot of times when Groucho is ribbing George Fenneman mercilessly during the commercial breaks and sometimes when he comes on to introduce the couples. He became, Groucho became very good at doing that, and Fenneman became the perfect straight man for him and took it all in stride. On more than one of the original warm-up tapes, and there are a few surviving warm-up tapes where you can hear them rattling things around, moving the cameras or the uh, microphones into place and getting the orchestra ready and all that. Fenneman comes out to talk to the audience and brings Groucho out. And on one of the tapes that survives, Groucho looks at Fenneman's and says, hey, George, show them your teeth. And Fenneman looks a little startled and basically smiles as widely as he can, and Groucho looks at him and says, no, 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 take him out and pass him around. And that, that's, that's one line I can, I can relate that, that is on one of the original tapes. Later on, when Groucho was much older and uh, was having George Fenneman over as a house guest for, for dinner or for, for lunch, there was an occasion in which Groucho needed to go to the bathroom and he asked George to help him out of his chair and help him to the bathroom because he was having trouble walking. He'd had several strokes, and he wasn't particularly feeling good that day, but he was very grateful for having George Fenneman over because they would just sit and, and talk and reminisce for a long time when Fenneman would come over. So George helps him out of his chair, and they start walking towards the bathroom, and Groucho's kind of stumbling because he wasn't too secure on his feet. And Fenneman starts stumbling, and Groucho looks up at him uh, while he's kind of being held in Fenneman's arms and says, George, you always were a lousy dancer. So <laughs> I always liked that. That was a, a sweet moment um, between the two of them with Groucho at 86 years old. And Fenneman was about... 
20 years younger. So, uh, yeah, in interesting. Okay, that's that's my George Fenneman story. Um, they got along great. It was it was a fun relationship between the two. And we are going to be back on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. It's actually Thanksgiving Day on Thursday. We have a special program for Thanksgiving, a little bit different. It's a, it'll be a comedy show, so we won't have a, a scary show for Thanksgiving. We're going to have uh, Snow White. Yes, the, the Disney cartoon Snow White, but as done on radio and as changed considerably to feature Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. So you'll you might want to tune in for that and have your family around the radio or around the uh, whatever you listen to these things on computers, whatever phones, whatever they are. Uh, gather them around because it's quite amusing uh, with Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy telling you the story of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Okay, see you then. Mm -hmm.